crap. They're evil. They're signs of evil. Alex can have act evil. That's like saying you can out act the paper bag. Dead now. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to World Famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. I'd buy that for a dollar. Those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm the worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Proper babies, bloody puppets. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna, welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's, that's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Roundtable show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big Two, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Roundtable Show right here live on PSN Radio, the first comic book movie-related podcast on the Internet that actually matters and gives a damn. That's right, you're listening live on December 31st, 2017, only a couple hours away before the New Year's kicks in. I hope everybody's having a fantastic time tonight. Uh, we're going to give you a couple hours here of nonstop geek fun. We're going to talk about The Last Jedi. We're going to talk about... Justice League, we're going to talk about our favorite movies, that's right, our top 10 this week is top 10 favorite and worst movies of 2017, our personal list, so without any further delay, to my left is the one and only, the unpredictable Zara Ryder. Hey everybody, Happy New Year. Now, to my right over here is the one and only Johnny Alpha, Johnny Sahadid of crowd. And what's going on everybody, Happy New Year, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas too. And I'm happy that you weren't muted. <laughs> I know. I only mute myself when I vape, so I, you guys don't hear the bubbling and and stuff. And I'm I'm hip. I, I got a, I actually got a mod kit. It's got three batteries. I'm oh, you got a mod kit? Man, I'm hell just, yeah, man! I'm sitting here with my I'm sitting here with my with my microbrewery beer and just chilling, dude. But you're drinking some IPA. You got some India Pale Ale going on. Yep, you got it. Yeah, you know, it seems like. Uh, it, it seems like the kind of beer that Zod Ryder would drink. Really well, I, you know, to be to be honest, you know what my you know what my go to beer is because it's cheap. Ice House, Ice Miller, House, Miller High Life. Life. No, Miller oh, High Life. The champagne of bottled beers, of course, man. That's the champagne. Right. You know, I don't mind. You know, and I don't actually don't mind Ice House, but a lot of people say it tastes like cat piss. I don't mind it. I think it's cool. <laughs> it tastes like Coors. It's kind of got like a salty taste to it, kind of like Coors does. But I guess you know what? Guess... It reminds me. It re- reminds me of a li- a little bit more of like a bitter version of like Ham's beer. You ever try Ham's? No, but I, I wear their shirts sometimes. I like I Get like the your shitty hands beer. off my Hammy baby. I never had Ham's beer. I'm a Paps guy, you know. Paps is good too. I, I have to I have to admit, I, it's, I like, like it's, doc- it's the Dr Pepper beers, man. There ain't nothing else that tastes like it. It's it's got its own flavor completely. Now, you, know, you, you should try you should try uh, Three Floyd's beer. Oh, that's a free plug. Three Floyd's they got a beer called uh, Dark Lord. I think you, I think you'd love it, Johnny. It's it's crazy. Oh, I, and then, I know. I like, know. Shit, I think I'd love it. I'm not a beer drinker. <laughs> you probably would like. You know what, Jackal? You would probably love it because it's not like a traditional beer. It kind of has one of those. It's kind of like one of those drinks where you. It has more of like a drinky feel to it, where it's. I mean, it's heavy, but it's. It's light at the it's same like, it's time. It's like a Guinness, man. You can drink like two of them. You you get a nice buzz. Right. And you'll, you'll right. Feel like you, you ate know. a meal after yeah. drinking them. Yeah. Got well, it. You got here, it. Here's your yeah. thing, guys. You're making it sound like I only like like girly drinks. I mean, 
You do, man. No. I've seen you, with your Shirley Temple. No, it's not. No, but Jack, I don't mean it like that. It's not, I don't mean it like that. It's called Dark Lord. It is in no you way. You and your martinis and your Shirley Temples and your coladas. <laughs> no, Jack. Oh, that's not what we think you drink. Although I do love, I do love. My girlfriend got me interested in Moscow Mules. I've been drinking those lately, and those are pretty good. I have to admit. Yeah. That's why I just Whatever you just said, Johnny, you were breaking up there. But uh, it is it is the end of the year, and I'm pretty sure a lot of our audience is out there getting pissed drunk right now. And if you're listening to us, uh, God bless you for being here with us. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, and let's get back on, on uh, the, the tracks here, guys. We're going to talk today. Uh, yeah, we're we're really running off the course here with this beer talk. Right, let's get back on course here. Uh, course beer. Yeah. Anyway, uh Let's, uh, let's see what we're going to talk about. We have The uh, the Last Jedi, of course, which just uh, it's about to hit a billion, or it already hit a billion, or it's very close to hitting a billion worldwide, and that's uh, still doing Ghostbusters. Movie's yeah. a total flop. The people total, hate it. Total flop, yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, you know that's a big uh, discussion uh, This uh, the last couple of weeks has been that movie. But, you know, there's been a couple other movies that's been heavily talked about in the last uh, few months. Uh, and I think we should really discuss uh, uh, some of these movies. Uh, plus, I saw The Disaster Artist tonight, and uh, I wanted to uh, give my re- little mini-review on that in a couple of minutes. Uh, but, you know, I, saw, I also saw Justice League again for the second time. And that's a you know a heavily heavily uh, talked about movie this, this year, and uh, you know for all the wrong reasons. Uh, now that's a flop. If you want to talk about flops, um, it, it, it's the best of the DCEU movies aside from Suicide Squad. Oh, and Wonder Woman. Besides, I like Wonder Woman and that's a, and that's a sad part, Johnny. It's that you know you're absolutely right. I don't you're know, man. In my opinion, the best. The best one of those is is still Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Oh man, find yourself a toilet and flush yourself down in with that talk, bro. I mean, honestly, like Suicide Squad's like ten times the movie Man of Steel. I can't stand Suicide Squad. No, Suicide Squad is garbage. Yeah, Suicide Squad is garbage. I'm sorry. That's the only one I didn't like. I, I I liked all the rest of them. So I don't know, dude. Well, you, I mean, you weren't too particularly uh, in love with BVS. No, well, no, I love the extended, I love the ultimate cut, the Snyder cut, the, right. the extended actor's cut. That's the version of BVS I love. I didn't so, like the f- version. Because Snyder is, uh, of course, your favorite modern-day director. That is correct, yes. <laughs> I'm a big, I am a big, big Zack Snyder fan. He's he is the director. He's like I, your favorite favorite, I though. I mean, like, yes, he's my you, favorite you like him? Favorite. You like him more than like the the Korean directors that are making like masterpiece well, films. Well, let me, how about let me let me correct myself then and say my favorite American director of the modern era is Zack Snyder. I, more you than know, Rid- I hold on, more than Ridley Scott, really? Yes, yeah. more than Ridley Scott. Did you watch Alien Covenant? Nice. I'm with Zod Ryder on this one. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, come on, dude. Zack Snyder is. is yeah, but hold, is hold like, on, Zod, Zod, Zod. You liked Aliens Covenant. Oh, I do, and it's in my top ten. So, so Johnny, so but, Johnny, yeah, exactly. So, Johnny, be careful what you say when you say that. I'm not being careful about anything, man. That was <laughs> the worst film of the year I saw all year. I understand I, that you didn't like Alien Covenant. That's fine. Everybody has an opinion. I'm not mad at you. I mean, I, I maybe, maybe I saw more things in it than a lot of other people did. Maybe I saw things that weren't there. But what I saw, 
I I like. Well, I don't know. We talked we talked about it before the show, and I, I saw what was attempted, and I and I saw what was epically failed by Ridley Scott in it. Um, it was he tried to be more audacious than he was with Prometheus, which I liked, but I could see why people didn't. Um, I I think he should have followed with the Prometheus storyline instead of trying to make try to tie it too closely to Aliens so fast after that first film, right. and then I'm trying to eject all that. There. All that fake philosophy shit in it. it. It was just too cram-packed. It was boring on top of that. And it just turned out it to be a typical slasher film with monsters. Honestly. It, it, there was nothing innovative about it at all, which is tragic for a fucking alien movie directed by Ridley Scott himself. In the story. Your view with the, with the, with Prometheus, I agree. I think, I think he did as much as I liked Alien Covenant. I agree that he, moved a little bit too quickly with Alien Covenant moving close to Aliens. I agree in that regard. I think there should have been another movie in there to, like, you know, pad that and get that going a little bit slower. I agree, because I, I thought that Prometheus was a wonderful setup. Prometheus was another movie I liked, so... I really like it. Uh, it's it's a very polarizing film. You either love it or you don't. I'm on the side of people that really like it, um, but I... I, I do. I can see why some of the pe- the smarter people who have brought in good cases to me why they didn't like it. I, I can get their point of view on it a bit, but Alien Covenant yeah, that that it's not even in the same wheelhouse as Prometheus, in my opinion, man. It's better than the Alien versus Predator well, movie. Yeah, but anything is better than oh, the absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you watch the Alien versus Predator movie even, with the south, even, the south, with the south turned down while you're doing yeah. things, it's not. It's nice just to have some visual noise in the background on your TV, like a screensaver. That's that's kind of cool. But other that's than pretty that, much good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that and for like you know coasters for like your cup, you get the DVD and put it, put it down there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's usually good. that's what I use like um. CSI Miami for and shit. I go, I'll put that on when I'm cleaning my house and stuff. And like, I, I'll look up and David Crusoe pushes his sunglasses back and say something snarky and I'll laugh at that. And then I'll get back to vacuuming and be like, yeah, that show sucks. I'm glad I don't actually watch it. <laughs> but like, I, I can't do that with like something that's part of a franchise that I should love, that I grew up loving. And now I'm almost afraid to admit that I, I like it. Because of what well, you know, been what done the thing it. is though, the thing is though, do you remember how? Okay, you remember how polarizing. You just pointed out how polarizing um, Prometheus was. Now imagine, so, so let's say Ridley Scott does make another movie that essentially, you know, redeems everything, brings back the people that didn't like Alien Covenant, and pleases the people that liked prometheus and maybe even pleases the people that didn't like prometheus there's still a chance there's a lot that he can do with these alien movies i don't think yeah, it's but a does, fun, he, does he have it in him as a direct, yeah, but does he have it in him as a storyteller to even do that at this point i don't know i mean there's been a lot of like stories and comic books and lots of novels and lots of things in the alien universe he can do there's tons of things he can do still so i don't know maybe i mean but i feel like I feel like this is a guy that has given us a lot of good stuff. So maybe he's got. Oh, to the he's point. given us. He's, he's given kind of, us a fair. He's, kind of, he's given us a he's, fair share of good stuff, but he's also given us some awful, awful well, movies. I mean, so you, are you saying that he's gone? So you're saying he's gone full Frank Miller? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, because um, yeah, cause actually, I yeah, cause they, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I think that's a great analogy. I think he kind of has gone, except he actually works. See, that's the thing is Ridley's still <laughs> making films and, and trying. Well, whereas Frank's like, yeah, I'm, I'm making New Sin City. You said that in '97. It's 2008. 
Team Frank, when the fuck is it coming? See, like Ridley, he's got this movie coming out. I don't even know what it's called. I know that they edited um, Kevin Spacey out of it. And I can't even get to the trailer because it just looks so goddamn boring. I, well, it's it, guys... they replaced they replaced Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer, which a lot of people are saying was a questionable decision because of Christopher Plummer's uh, views on on uh, underage women. But that's but that's beside the point. The point is that you know a lot of th- this movie's getting a lot of praise. Uh, for the simple fact that Ridley Scott was able to go in there and simply over somehow overwrite Kevin Spacey with yeah, uh, and, and he does and he does short amount of time. I think he did it in like four days, and apparently he, the movie is fucking weeks. brilliant. I don't know. He had, he had two weeks to do it, which um, I, I've been seeing a lot of comparisons to that compared to um, Justice League with the Henry Cavill angry orange mouth. Mm. It's funny you bring that up because you could also say the same thing. Uh, about the uh, the ending of the uh, the last Jedi, where you know now we know that Princess Leia died, they had months so they can go back and, and actually made it so she died in the movie, kind of like right off her story and fix Luke's story so he doesn't die at the end. Very easy ed- editing job. There. Oh my God, is, are you criticizing the last Jedi? No, you're, you're gonna be surprised. My, you're gonna be surprised. Brother, preach, preach. You're gonna be surprised. You're gonna be surprised. I. Last show, and you got mad at yeah. me because I insinuated that they could have edited that Carrie Fisher died on the they ship, could've. and uh, Stern could have survived. But yeah, they could, and you no, they could have. That was stupid. No, they could have. They could have easily done that. But it, look, I, they could have easily done that. But I'm not saying that what they did in the direction that they went is completely horribly wrong either. But I'm saying they could have easily done that. So it's funny that we are arguing about the same thing with three different individual movies where they could have easily gone in and like changed stuff. And, you know, it wouldn't yes, matter. Yes, could have. That's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest problems. They could have done that. There was no reason for Luke Skywalker to die in that movie, <laughs> other than other than no, the no, fact no. There's a perfect kill him so that they could give that movie so that they could give that movie some weight, and it didn't work with Han Solo. It, it worked. W- it would have worked. If, it would have worked fine if. Luke's it worked, was wonderful in the movie. It worked fine. In, it worked fine. I didn't fine feel that, thing with God. I was like, ah, fuck it. Guys, one of them. It worked fine in the context of the movie if Carrie Fisher never dies in real life. But the moment okay. that she dies in real life, then it changes the concept of what, like, you know, what you can do. Because now you're kind of tied for the next movie. Like, where do you go from here? You lost your main three. Uh, you, you pretty much established that uh, you know uh, Ray is a Mary Sue who has no parents that are important in the story. You kill Snoke, so what's you know what's the next step? You pretty much tied up the the entire series with this movie. Kill you know, Chewbacca, make him choke on a pork bone. That, that's kind of like the way it feels. And even the shot at the end with the little kid, while wow, it's a gorgeous shot, and like the, you know the whole aspect that's setting of up that's setting up Rian Johnson's next trilogy. Not that's so what much that is. Yeah, but not really. That's so much. It could be setting up just a finale for the entire saga, saying, "Hey, anybody in the galaxy could be the next New Hope." But and that fucking that. sucks. That fucking sucks. Why did that, that suck? That, that was like that's like that, that's, that's, that's like what that's like what Christian Bale. That's like what Christian Bale was saying was saying to the was saying to the uh, was saying to the uh, imposters dressed up as Batman when they're like, "What's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pads." I mean, yeah, come that, on, that, man. That I mean, was funny. You're, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, what? The so Jedi, you're, you're, they're supposed you're to be questioning special. one of the, the the greatest trilogies of modern time, and and I'm saying yeah. that it was trash. And 
going after another thing that's considered a great trilogy for kind of following in its footsteps. I don't, I don't understand your logic here. Um, and uh, anyways, you're you're a superhero fan. You read comic books like me. Why is the idea that anybody can have superpowers offensive? Why is that stupid? Oh, Why is oh, that in bad Star, in your in mind? Does everybody need to be an alien that comes to the yellow sun planet? For no, you to in the Star Wars, Wars universe. I'm talking about in the Star Wars universe. They're trying to make it seem like the Who, the force who made the was, rules for the Star Wars universe? Did Lucas say that? Did Lucas say that only fucking Skywalkers can have the force? Guys, no, guys, but, guys, guys, guys. Why does that have to become a shouting fighting match? You know, let's all you know, get our points across here. Jesus. You know, you know, one at a time. If you guys are going to just talk over each other, that's not a show. That's that's an argument. So, Zod, get your point across, and then we'll get Johnny's point, then I'll give my point, and this way it's an actual show. Okay, well, what I'm saying Zod, is that the... Go ahead. What I'm saying is What I'm saying is that the Force is supposed to be a special thing. It's not supposed to be something that you can... You know, they're not supposed to make it like where, okay... Anybody, anybody, and everybody in the universe. I understand the idea of it at the end of the Last Jedi. They're trying. Rayan Johnson is trying to stretch it out. He's trying to say, okay, we're going to say that literally anybody can be force sensitive and have force powers and whatever. But doesn't that does that not kind of cheapen the whole idea of the force and the Jedi nope. being special? No, let me answer that. No, and let me answer that because before the Skywalkers, we had hundreds of Jedi's. There's always been Jedi's before the Purge and Order 66. So we already know that in a galaxy far, far away, there is Jedi's all over the place. The fact that we had no more Jedi's after Order 66 is because the Jedi temples went out of business. They got destroyed. There was no more mentors to teach people that were force sensitive. So literally, there probably were hundreds of thousands of people scattered throughout the galaxy that were force sensitive, they might not even know what the hell they were force sensitive of, or what even the force was, or how to use it, but they were very much force sensitive, like that little kid. The little kid finds out about the force because he finds out about the legend of Luke Skywalker. He's he's talking to his friends with a little toy at the end about the legend of the Skywalker. Skywalker became a symbol of hope, which is exactly like Batman Begins, when, when, when Bruce is talking about being more than just a man, being a symbol for hope. That's the same thing they did with this movie. They turned Luke into a symbol for the entire galaxy to look at for the hope. And not only that, to teach him about this one character that will teach him about the Force because if they find out about Luke, they're going to find out about the Force. They're going to find out about the Jedis. They're going to want to discover more about these people who lived, you know, 60, 80, 100, 200 years before they did. But just because, you know, this one little kid has the Force ability or his force sensitive does not make anything, you know, even closely remotely to what you're saying, you know, it's it, it just, it's, it, it doesn't compute. I mean, what you're saying makes absolutely no sense. You know, there's always force sensitive people. There will always be force sensitive people. It's just there was not an institution to teach these people. But it's that simple. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, who do, who do you, do you think that Mace Windu and Qui-Gon right. Jinn's parents had to be some kind of mad special Jedis just so I mean, they could we're, be we're taught, we're taught from the very beginning of, of the Force users that they're taken to their little kids and they're trained from the little kids to adults. That's why when Anakin goes up to the council, they're like, oh, uh, he's too old to be trained. Right, because they usually get them since they're like two or three when they find out that the midichlorian counts are high or whatever, the, you know, the way they discovered them. But now, if you don't have that institution looking out for these kids, there's no more Jedis. They disappear. I, I mean, 
Let, let, let's look at it like this, Zod. You like Superman a lot. Um, and, and in the DC universe, they have a thing called the metahumans, which are basically like mutants in Marvel. Um, right. Do you think that the, the, the fact that there's all these comic books about the metahumans and like the, their teams and the, their struggles, that that somehow cheapens Superman's greatness? That, that that takes away from the Green Lantern's magic space ring? I mean, Aquaman's ability to talk to fish? No, I mean, they're still they're 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 prime huge heroes it's just kind of put it into a thing where you could be a goofy kid from the street that something happened to you and now you can be a hero too it, it, it's 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 basic universe building i don't understand how that 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 this could be like a bad thing for any it really isn't it really isn't a bad thing johnny I, in fact that's why i, I you know I, I completely lost it there for a second because it boggles my mind how zod doesn't understand this part you know the whole purpose of star wars is not so much about just the skywalkers yeah they, they're the narrative that we know about because you know that's what lucas started with but the whole purpose of, of the force is that it's universal it's within everything it binds us all together and you know, the, and we already know that there's more than one family that uses the Force. It's not just the Skywalkers. You know, we know that other beings know how to use the Force from the past. And you know, having that little kid actually, I think that's a, a neat bridge towards the future if they're going to continue with that kid, uh, which actually would be kind of neat if they, if they did something with him. I don't know if that's where Ryan Johnson's going to go. In fact, I don't even think Ryan Johnson's going to get his own trilogy at this point, to be honest. Why? Why do you say that? Because of the because of the backlash. Well, yeah, it, 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 and it's not it, his fault because he made a good movie, and it's not his fault. But I think they're going to pull it because I think right now Disney is scared, uh, not only because of the backlash here, but oh, they're, well, well, they're, of... they're, they're getting ready for Solo's backlash in case that movie <laughs> bombs and fails. They know they're going to be, you know, look, the backlash. Most of it is bullshit. The movie's making a lot of money. A lot of it has to do with the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, nonsense, which it was. It's already been debunked and. It's, been you know proven to be bullshit. But well, what the about the oh, what about the Last Jedi rumors that Mark Hamill didn't know <coughs> Luke Skywalker's fate till the premiere of the yeah, Last that, Jedi? That's that's a lie because he, he already <laughs> talks about it. He, no, he, he, he said he said it. He, he said that he knew the the fate of Luke. That, that's a lie. In fact, he said he loved the movie. His initial comments was that he was he he was shocked at the direction that took the character because it's not what he had built in his mind, which is exactly what everybody's going through right now. Everybody has in their mind what Luke Skywalker should have been for the last thirty years. So when you actually see what you know what this director, you know, gave us, the writer and director gave us as the character, you know, it's not what we all wanted or what we all pictured in our mind. It's just like what Luke what Luke actually says in the movie, this isn't gonna turn out how you think. Right. And that's exactly. exactly what it is. But here's, here's fine. my thing. Here's I have my no thing. issues with Luke's story arc. See, I, I love the see, story arc. Here's my thing: when you see him in, when you see him at the end of the Force Awakens, he actually looks like Luke thirty years after A New Hope. He really does. I mean, the way he looks standing there, the way, and then when you see him in the Last Jedi, he he looks almost like the Hobbit for real, dude. Like they, like they totally. I, I don't understand. I, when I guess, did, uh, when I did Bilbo or Frodo I, ever have a beard like that? I guess because <laughs> I guess because I'm starting to I'm starting to realize because because J.J. Abrams 
had a different idea going into, just like the rest of us. He had a different idea. He didn't know where Rian Johnson was going to take the story. That was the whole idea. This new that's director, not true either. Yeah, but see, that's, also, that's also not true. Yeah, no, Ryan, there, was, there had true. to have been a mandating Johnson, that... and This has been collaborated by both directors. Ryan Johnson was on set from the very beginning that he got announced as the second director. He was on set on The Force Awakens, taking notes, writing part of the script while on the set. In fact, he collaborated with J.J. on a couple of scenes because he had ideas. And in fact, at the very end, his idea was for Luke not to say anything in the movie. And he, and he had that idea for the shot at the very end of the film. That was Ryan Johnson's idea. So he could pick oh, wow. that, 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 that actually makes sense that it was his idea, considering how the rest of the film turned out. Bravo. Well, they're, they're never right. going to just let the, the guy have three reigns. What are you talking about? Uh, well, I mean that's your opinion, dude. I'm not. I'm not going to argue. Well, you don't have like, like the Force Awakens now. No, I like the Force Awakens. I just don't don't like how everything that the Force Awakens set up this movie tore down, and I don't understand how how you and other people can cannot see uh, what I see. see. You cannot no, understand but... why I feel the way I do. I can see your point of view. I can understand why you like it, but I can't understand why you can't see why I don't like it. I mean, you it's not like it... me talking about the X Men movies ten years ago, man. I, I feel your pain, but um, at some point you gotta just kind of have to let it go and understand and respect the fact that other people don't okay, see the things you see. It's fine. I mean, I just, I, it's it's okay. I understand, but I'm just saying. To me, it to me. I felt like Luke Skywalker deserved better in this film. I really did. I don't think that the character should have been treated like that. I, think, I don't even think I Luke think Skywalker Luke needed the... to be in these movies. I, I, I'm, I'm think he's lucky that he got to show back up. I, I, I honestly would have liked that. I think he's a noble. I think he's a noble character. He was the most positive character in the original trilogy. He should have been able to keep some of his optimism and maintain. Chewbacca is the most positive character in the movies. <laughs> Listen, Chewbacca. Um, I I, I I think I think we're going about this the wrong way. Once again, Luke Skywalker's death was poetic. It was beautiful. But, you know, I, 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 let me finish my statement. But let me finish my goddamn statement. Let me. If I can finish my statement, then why am I going to speak? You didn't even get a good death scene, dude. But let me finish my statement before you make idiotic statements like that. Can I finish my statement? Because that's a, that's an idiotic statement. I'll tell you why right now. His his death scene was poetic. It was beautiful. It was exactly like Obi Wan's and Yoda's. He gave himself to the Force and became one with the Force. At the end, he disappeared. So you can't tell me that was stupid because then you tell me the way Yoda died is stupid. Then you tell me the way Obi Wan died is stupid. Dude, the way it was shot, Bro, shot was stupid. It was shot beautifully for the twin sons. Like the way it began for the two sons. Come on, that was a beautiful shot. Get, yeah, what, get, get you out want of here. Dance? You want to get dance? out of here? What do you want to? You want dancing in the background? The fuck? Seriously? I mean, it's hey, stupid. The argument makes no sense. The only thing that the only mistake with him dying in this movie is that. Princess Leia has no resolution because she died in real life. So, me being the director, I would have gone back and said, you know what, let's make it so he dies in the third one now because, you know, we, we lost Carrie Fisher. So, I would have gone back post-production and made it so he lived just to extend his story arc because now we, where do we go from here? That's the only mistake I see with that. But other than that, the way it's done, if you look at the movie without knowing that Carrie Fisher died, 
It's a beautiful scene. The his, his story arc is beautifully handled. And you know they were going to give one movie to each one of the main original cast as they're moving forward with the new cast. So it's not like it's shocking that he was going to die in one of these movies. I'm not shocked by it. I mean, it, it is what it is. But, you know, again, in post-production, they should have done it. They didn't do it. I, I don't hate them for not doing it. I love the movie the way it came out. I do have some gripes, but that's not even part of my problem with the movie. I have absolutely no issue with the way Luke's story arc really came out. My only issues with the movie is the casino scene, which I thought was pointless. <laughs> That's yes, it. Hello. <laughs> I, That's I the have, only issue I have, I have in the entire movie. That's it. Have, and why? Have, and why it's pointless? Because it sets up a character, which is a you know a new character, DJ. It could have been played, Lando, played by uh, no. Hold on, don't even go there. Played by the Benicio del Toro, who's a great actor, and I thought he was going to be used better, but he was misused in the movie. The scene doesn't play well. The only way that movie that scene works in the movie is if Lando Calrissian is the guy with the with the red flower and is the master code breaker throwing dice. If that's him and you see him for a split second, then you're like, damn, that's cool because it's a cool cameo for Lando. We know he's not in great shape. He's not going to be a part of the major a major part of the movie, but at least you get that cameo with Lando in there, and that's cool. But the fact that he didn't do it, he couldn't do it, even though that was the initial idea, by the way, but he couldn't do it or it wasn't good enough, so they cut him out of the movie, then they should have just cut the entire scene out because it just become a pointless scene. It just becomes a scene that you know to get Poe to fight uh, a Phasma. You know, it, it just it's the pointless scene to get them to fight each other, which makes no sense in the context of what you're trying to do with the movie. They should have spent that. You know, at, at least make that a little bit of a, of a tighter scene if you're going to have it. You know, directed towards them. You know, eventually having the confrontation where it doesn't deviate so much with the racing track and the animals and you know the social justice warrior bullshit that happened there at the end. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff for that that I, that I would have cut out. Uh, and yeah, the the biggest flaw the movie has is the casino scene. I, you know, that's it. Uh-huh. But other than that, the movie is, is a great movie. I love the movie. Another ahead, thing that they re- another thing that they really needed to go back in post production and fix is photoshopping Adam Driver's chest a little bit to save that poor man all them titty memes he's getting online. I feel so bad because he is such a good actor in those movies and he's awesome and all people remember him for is his knockers. Well, maybe maybe he should have maybe he should have maybe he should have went into the maybe he should have went into the gym then if he didn't want that type of shit. That's all I'm saying. He could have gotten. Well, that's what Photoshop's for. That's Zack Snyder's the king of that. Look at what he did to the guys in 300. He made them all look like they were ripped supermodels and shit. They could have did a little bit of that for poor fucking Adam Driver a little bit. Just airbrush that poor boy's titties away. Come on, man. Well, well, here's a here's a question. I mean, here's it, a question it, it, I have. Like, here's a I don't question. See, I don't see titties. I just saw a normal dude's chest. But anyway, go ahead, dude. Well, here, here's the question I have for both of you since you both. Love the movie so much. My question. I don't is, love it. I gave it a my, seven. My question is, if Luke Skywalker didn't die in the Last Jedi, the movie would be completely toothless. Because what happened in the movie that was important besides Luke dying and Laura Dern getting her career jump started? Please let me know what 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 Laura do Dern you, doesn't need what her do you take what, what, what? Do you, what do you t- what do you take away from this movie if Luke Skywalker doesn't die? What do you get? What do you say was the main thing? Say, say Luke didn't die in this movie; he survived. Okay, what was the idea of this movie? What was the whole purpose of this movie? 
Luke needed to die to become a symbol, right? That's what you've been saying this entire time. So let's no, say that's Luke what, doesn't that's die. A, that's the narrative they took at the end with the little kid, and right, that's right, a narrative okay. they took. But right. here's, the, here's the here's the thing again. What did I just say? That the entire casino scene I could have done without, including the kid at the end. While I thought the shot was beautifully shot, and I love the idea behind mm-hmm. it. That's the kind of scene you have when you're tying up a trilogy. Now you're in the middle part of a trilogy. That's where it's a mistakenly put, you know, shot. It's a, it's a, it's a great scene, badly put in a, in this movie. It should have been saved for the third you. one. That's why I, 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 I have a direct, I have a direct answer for you, Zod. Um, well, let's see. They move up forward, Ray and Kylo's characters wonderfully, building them as the new protagonist and villain with different ideals and paths than anything we've seen in any of the Star Wars before. They both have different goals. Yeah, one's kind of evil, one's kind of good, and they can both still flip-flop at any time, depending on how the wind blows. Um, Poe Dameron has come into his own as a leader. The um, desert planet scene um, with the, the rickety old ships, that was that was awesome. That all led to something really cool. They're, he's basically becoming the new Han Solo, except his head's a little more into the game, and not just focused on himself. Um, let's see. Finn, Finn could have had a better story arc. They kind of really wasted him in this, and that is tragic, but I'm really hoping that they can actually do something decent with him in part three. But, um, like I said, I, I don't even care if the original cast returned to these films. I, I think that, um, the movies should be about the younger new characters because this is their fucking story. We already had trilogies about Han, Luke, and Leia. And it, it is a kind gesture to involve them and try to, it's kind of a, a nice little wink and a nod to the fans. But ultimately, these aren't their Star Wars movies anymore, dude. They are not. So giving them a fond farewell, being like, we remember you and here, we're going to pass the torch on right. with your characters. It's a nice touch, but it is not indicative or needed for these films to work on their own, Plus, in my opinion, I at mean, all. Zod is forgetting one major aspect here, and uh, it, it, and this, it boggles my mind again that you forget this. It's Just because Luke dies doesn't mean we're not going to see him again. Well, I, I, well obviously now... On. Obviously now they're going to have to figure out a way. He's going to be a force, force ghost... For longer than we've seen him alive after the after Return of the Jedi with the no, way that you, things are no, going down. No, you just have to put no, you just have to put him in a couple of scenes mentoring Ray, you know, helping her out as you know, like Obi Wan and Yoda did for him, and you know, you can have you know two or three scenes like that in the next movie, and that's it, and that'll be the story arc with Luke, you know, going forward as the Force goes. Maybe you can have Luke introduce Ray to Yoda. You know, that could be a thing. Well, Luke, well, my thing is like I'm like you. I believe that Luke has to be involved in some way in the third film now because even if the plan was not to bring him back for the third film i mean i don't know if that was a plan or not but the idea here's another, now well here's another thing also remember there's a uh, lore of uh Pegasus the wise where uh he learned how to bring himself back from the dead or how to cheat death maybe luke is that powerful i mean he did something we've never seen before he, he forced <laughs> he, he forced i mean he forced projected himself across the galaxy and took on the entire First Order by himself as a hologram. And that uh, made him look foolish. I mean, that kind of like Jedi power, I mean, it was so much that it drained him and killed him. So if he has that kind of power, if he's that strong with the Force, who's not to say that, you know, maybe he does come back physically? Maybe he will bring himself back to life. That did. I mean, my 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 thought would be that now... 
that they, like you said, now that they don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, I think that Luke will have a more active role than he would have had 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 she had she survived. Because, nah. like you said, each movie was supposed to be an original trilogy cast member's final story. So, yeah. yeah. And here's the crazy part. What if Luke comes out of a cave in the next one and be like a total Jesus symbology? Yeah, that would, well, well that would Zack be. Snyder directing part three. Jesus, why? Why isn't he like the king of the Jesus analogies and bad movies? Come on, man. I want to see. Honestly, I want to see uh, Zack Snyder direct a movie about the resurrection of Christ. That's what I want to see. I think he it'd be did awesome. it. It's called fucking Justice League. <laughs> no, 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 Josh. Pretty Josh much. Whedon, the words, Josh yeah. Whedon. Josh Whedon was responsible for sixty percent of what we got in the theatrical oh, cut now. of Justice League. Oh, come on. Yeah, you got the proofs. You got the. Did Alex Jones give you that information? I got no. I got the. I got the information from someone who's seen the Snyder version yeah, of the film. Yeah, from a Russian bot that told you. Oh, dude. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Vladimir Putin told me. Yeah, the Russians, uh, they hacked the uh, Justice League uh, production set. <laughs> it, was all the, it was all the Russians' fault. Yeah, they hacked it. They, they, they fucked it all up. That's why that movie sucked, because the Russians hacked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a twenty eight seventeen scenario being known the year the Russians hacked everybody, including Justice League. <laughs> hey, it would make sense. I wanna say I wanna give the Russians credit for hacking Star Wars too. There you go. The the Russians <laughs> like screw this Justice League and these these bullshit Superman and Batman. Screw them. Let's hack them too. <laughs> Well, somebody's got to get blamed for this uh, Ron Tomato hacking that happened with uh, Last Jedi, uh, because I mean that, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, it's uh, it's for no, fans I that know. were not happy with the way fucking the Last Jedi turned out, dude. They're four chan and Reddit trolls that all, yeah, dude. Have you ever been on those sites, dude? dude There's dude, high fatality. Guys, well, hey, they, they, they get cheap people. They get told I what. To to say something here. I have a lot of friends that I grew up with that went and seen The the Last Jedi who feel like I do. I know I'm not the only one. Are That's why I'm saying Red Letter Media. He just hands it up for the internet. He actually likes those movies. Okay, you know that, right? Man. Can't say that you guys can't say that that, that that's a fa- that's a fake score when the like like you pointed <laughs> you know out earlier people you grew up with that didn't like it too so yeah no that completely says that like the four chan and reddit trolls are fake yes no no that that, that that is proof in the pudding my friend <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> never mind I give a fuck it you guys can go ahead with the Star Wars shit I don't care <laughs> one thing you got to keep in mind the one thing you got to keep in mind though is that and you know this is something that uh, a lot of people forget when the Empire Strikes Back came out it was Regarded as probably the worst of the first two movies in the uh, the series, uh, people didn't like it right off the bat. They thought it was just a boring movie. They didn't get it. And then a couple of years later, uh, before Return of the Jedi came out, it started picking up you know fan support, and people started saying, "Wait a second, this is not a bad movie. This is actually a brilliant fucking movie." You know, but initially everybody was like, "Why did it end up in such a, a negative you know way? Why the, the bad guys won? What kind of crap is this?" That was the that was the uh, initial you know backlash. But this now, movie wasn't you, like this, though. Last I mean, Jedi wasn't like Empire Strikes Back in any way. 
So I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. 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 But what I'm saying is they both had a backlash. They were both disliked at first, and then you know Empire got liked after a while. So maybe that would happen here. Maybe some of the folks that are having a little bit of a negative attitude now, once they see the next movie and they can tie the trilogy together, they might say, "Oh, well, wait a second, it actually fits." They they managed to tie everything up, you know, nicely, and we, you know, the movie makes more sense because you got to remember also this is part of the trilogy. They, you know, JJ has already a pitch that he gave Disney, so it's not like you know he doesn't know where he's going to go with this thing. He knows already where he's going with it, whether it's good or bad. We'll find out in about a year and a half. Um, but you know, it is what it is. He has an idea, so there is a way to tie everything together. And he said that he, with this movie coming out in in, in episode nine, it will tie in all three trilogies. I mean, he did say that. So, I mean, and J.J., I trust. I mean, and I'm, I am happy well, I that he does. I agree back. with you there, but I also have to think back to, you know, what what you just said about it and about the fact that the movie is the movie is is polarizing, and that's something we have to, you know, we have to realize. Yeah, but is that a bad, is that a bad thing, though? Because, I mean, at least it makes people talk about it. Well, at least people it. are. And, and the point that you made about how the movie kind of, the way the movie ended kind of felt like the end of a trilogy and that's kind of that's kind of confusing to end a movie like that when you only, know you got one more movie yeah. left so only because yeah. of fisher's death it feels that way if carrie fisher survives then you know that she's going to be heavily featured in the next one so it doesn't have the finale feel to it but knowing that she's dead and she's not around anymore now knowing that luke is dead and he's you know dead in the, in the series. You, you might get him as a force ghost, but he, or maybe they'll surprise us and they'll bring him back physically. We don't know how, how he's going to be back, but you know, with his death there, and her not definitely coming back, then it kind of feels like you're wrapping up the series. It really has that feel to it. But had she lived, and had we known that now that she uses the force in the movie, and you know, had we known that she's going to be around for another movie, you know, it changes things. It makes you want to see the next movie. When I saw her use the Force in space, I was I was blown away by that. I mean, I had a tear in my eye. I was like, because it answered a question that I had for 30 years. Did Princess Leia at any time use the Force? Did she know how to use the Force? Did she learn yeah, the power of the Force? Yeah, she did in a lot of novels and comics right. and stuff. She used the Force right. all but, the time. But, but all that old EU is not canon anymore. Yeah, it's glorified fan fiction now, man. Right. That's all it really so, is. So now, you know, now we know that, yeah, she did, she used the force. You know how to use the force. Luke probably taught her and, you know, she was force sensitive. So it answered that question, which is great. I love that scene. But the fact that she died and they didn't go back and post, I see where that's a problem for some folks to let go and, and to move on. And I see where that kind of pigeonholes, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. But again, in JJ, I trust. And I'm putting my trust in him. And hopefully, uh, you know, he doesn't let us down. Look, I'll tell you this much. The pace of the movie is definitely going to be better. It's going to have a, a shorter running cut than, than uh, The Last Jedi, for sure. It's going to have a little bit of a shorter running cut. J.J. Uh, likes to have a, a faster-moving pace of a movie. Um, Ryan Johnson doesn't. He, he, he likes to slow things down a little bit. And that change of pace, I think, also is a little jarring for some folks. Because this, this one didn't have that quick cut feel to it as uh, as uh, the force awakens did where yeah there were a lot of a lot of like star wars type things that right. were, were not in this movie like i didn't notice as many wipes i didn't notice as many i really didn't notice a lot of the signature star wars yeah this is the first star wars movie where you didn't even even have the uh the quote i have a bad feeling about this yeah 
And so, um, I, I, am I wrong, or there was no like um time where there was like three stories going on at once, where it kind of shifted back and forth through all of them. It kind of just seemed like they'd focus on one at a time and got through it kind of more structured than how traditionally Star Wars, you know, like um they'll split up and there'll be three different things going on, and the fight will be happening, and they'll they'll go to space, and then they'll go to the ground, and then oh, they'll no, go they, to the they, Death they, Star. They, they did that a lot. If you watch the movie over again, you'll notice they did that plenty. Uh, it's just they the had a subplot. I mean, those are subplots of the main plot. Uh, but the thing is, the subplot just didn't work for the casino scene. So when you have a subplot like that, it takes away from the rest of the movie, and it kind yeah, of but drags, that, that one only ha- It makes you feel that, like that. But that one, it, there was only two things going on. One, what, a ship was being chased by a Starship Destroyer that was getting shot at. So if they showed that too much, that would have really gotten right. super boring. And then the, the and then the casino scene was happening. There was only like two things going on at once instead of like the traditional and Star Ray, Wars where there was kind of like... And Rey and Luke and Rey and, and, and uh, Snoke and, uh, and Kylo. I mean, all that stuff was going on in the background also. I guess I got to see. I only did see it the one time. You I, see just, I just they, remember they come back it didn't at, really... They come back and forth like to all three. I mean, it, it, the whole point was every, all three main characters were on their own adventure. We had Poe on his adventure with Leia and the rest of the uh, the the, uh, the Resistance. You had Luke on his adventure with Rey on Octu with Rey trying to get him to help her. And uh, you had uh, Finn in his adventure with uh, Rose uh, on, on their, you know, mission to the casino, which didn't work. So you did have all three adventures, you know, all three subplots that they cut back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But the, you know, and, and Brian Johnson, bless his heart, because yeah, I, I understand why he kind of did this. And I like a lot of the shots because of the fact that he did this. He was trying to go back to the original On You Hope feel. Or uh, you hope the way that you know was shot, where there's a lot of shots that take their time to show you the landscape, to show you the twin suns, to show you the scenery, and it's not a quick cut, quick cut, quick cut, fast moving, fast paced, fast, 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 which is the way movies are shot more nowadays. Back in the seventies and eighties, everything was a little bit slower paced, and I think Ryan was trying to go back to that to kind of like you know give us that more of a nostalgic Star Wars feel, and while I got it. The only problem was, yeah, he left some beats out that are traditional Star Wars stuff, but while I got it, I think most of the movie audience doesn't get it because they're not used to it anymore, because they're sure used to faster-cut movies, faster-paced movies, which is what J.J. gives you. J.J.'s a perfect blend because he's going to give you a modern-day, fast-cut, fast-paced movie, but it's going to give you all the feels of the original Star Wars movies. So he's the perfect blend. That's why The Force Awakens worked the way it did, because he was able to, he was able to blend the past and the present. Perfectly. Uh, I hope you can get Chris Pine up in a Star War, man. Like I, I like that guy. I think he did. I think he deserves to be in a Star War. Whatever with with, with uh, Chris no. Pine, I want to see Sebastian <laughs> Stan as uh, as uh, Luke Skywalker as a young Luke Skywalker in a, a movie that uh, takes place after Return of the Jedi, but before Force Awakens. That see might happen. You never so know. you want to see Sebastian Stan hide on a rock by himself? That that that's a no. Movie, that Luke had <laughs> Luke had Luke had him had had adventures in between. Johnny, come on, man. <laughs> he had he had joy. He had fun. He had seasons in the sun. Yeah, I know. Good times. Oh, he did I, have adventures. Too. I don't know. Like, why Sebastian Stan of everybody? Is he is he like actually cast to play him, or is that like a? He looks just like Mark Hamill when he was that age, dude. Uh, not just like him, but he does. He does look a lot like him, especially if he's made up to look like Luke. Uh, it's funny, like they uh, they asked Mark about uh, him if he knew about Sebastian and uh, the the lookalike thing, 
And he said, yeah, no, and they, they showed um, Sebastian talking in a video uh, to, to Mark as a video, like, message. And uh, he said, and they jokingly called each other uh, father and son. And Sebastian's like, hey, Dad, how you doing? Uh, you know, sorry I couldn't be there. And it's funny because he had a beard in that video. And it's a darker beard. And he kind of, it's funny because he looked like Luke Skywalker did in the, when he's a, a, the projection Luke Skywalker with a darker beard. Right, right. And I'm yep. like, I'm like, dude, take you know, twenty years from that guy, and that's Sebastian. That's perfect. Yeah, he's perfectly cast. He looks just like him. Yeah. Both famous years for having robot arms. Both got robot arms. So yeah. That's... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that would work. Too. I didn't think about that, but that's that's true. Yep. So you see, how pol- you see how polarizing this movie was, guys. I, I would prefer <laughs> that. I would prefer that to the Han Solo movie we're getting. Oh really, God, yeah. honest, honest. Did you see that picture? Oh my God, it looked like a it looked like oh. an advertisement for a Fox show from the nineties, man. Oh, perfect perfect transition. Yeah. Perfect transition to something else. Uh, let's move away from the Force Awakens and uh, the Last Jedi and. Let's talk about that Han Solo. <laughs> we're only a few months away from that, guys, and we're all in agreement on wow. it. That's what's beautiful. <laughs> I don't think we have to argue on this one. I think we're all agreeing. Yeah, we're in agreement. This is going to be a turd, and this is what I, I said <laughs> yeah. earlier. This is why I think Ryan Johnson is going to lose this trilogy because I think once this comes out and it flops hard, and I'm talking about this is going to be a major turd for Disney. And once that happens, they're going to be very, very careful moving forward what they do with their Star Wars uh, properties. To the point, I'm saying it right now, we might not get a Star Wars movie every year like they were saying. It might go to Star Wars every other year, every two years from here on out. And the reason I say that is because, you know, there's they're, tra- they're starting to find out these things are a little bit more complicated to crack than they initially thought. Well, the, uh, this one, this Han Solo movie was a bad idea from the Jump Street. I mean, even you, Jacqueline, the biggest like Star Wars anything that th- th- has a Star Wars logo on it, you love. And uh, as soon as this was announced, you were just kind of like, you know, I kind of smell dog shit on this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that th- th- that was proof in the pudding, right? Enough. And then like when it started getting announced and casted, uh, you you started backing away from it harder than any of the rest of us. Which I mean, it, 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 that is very telling. To me, because I'm, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. I loved it when I was a kid. I spent very few. I've spent very many years away from being a fan of it, and I'm back to being a, a casual fan of it again. And um, looking at the ad, it looked like something that would be airing after Melrose Place on Fox in like 1994. Well, like that, that supposing that ad is is fake. No, they're just trying. To, they're just trying to correct. Uh, make this it is, seem uh, like it is damage control. It, it's not fake. <laughs> I mean, my God, anybody who looks at it can tell it's not fake. I mean, for real. It it has all, I mean, it just looks too polished to be faked. It's a a polished turd is what it is. Here, let me give my two cents on this solo movie, then we'll go around the table and we'll all give our two cents equally. Starting off, Johnny, you're you're absolutely right. From the moment that I saw the casting of this thing, I started talking uh, you know, taking a, kind of like a, a step backwards and then, and, and saying, moving away from this thing. And, uh, and I've been very negative towards it because let's be honest. And I said it before and I'll say it again. The mystery of Han Solo, when we meet him in a new hope, you're going to completely ruin by making this movie for future generations. And that's a shame 
Because one of the beautiful things about watching that movie and watching A New Hope is not knowing who Han Solo is and figuring out that he's actually one of the good guys as the story progresses. By by giving us the, the character arc as a teenager or a 20-something-year-old and showing you that he's a good guy and he's actually not a bad guy, even though he's a, you know, a pirate, but he's actually like a good guy pirate. You know, once we know the backstory, you know, future generations are not going to have that you know, character, that mysterious character that we meet in A New Hope anymore. And it, it really ruins that moment that we meet him. I would have rather them would have, would have done like a Lando Calrissian and Chewbacca team-up movie or something like that and completely like not had Han Solo involved at all. Like before they even met Han Solo type of deal. If they would have done something like that, I would have been fine with that. But the Han Solo character himself, it's too much of an important character to do that to. And... If you if you are gonna go that route, and you, you know you, because you're bunny hungry or whatever it is, or you really feel like you have a script that is so epic that you have to make into a movie, okay? And you really feel like as a studio this has to get done because it's such a great script, then you have to do it properly. You have to get a cast right. You have to get the right director. The moment they announced uh, Lord Miller as directors. I said, this is going to flop. They have the complete wrong guys for this thing. Lawrence Kasdan as the writer, is, it's great. I'm glad he wrote it. But the directors are the ones that make this come to life. And they have the worst possible people involved because they make comedies. You know, they don't make, you know, they make Lego movies for crying out loud. They make 21 Jump Street. You know, that's the shit they're known for. You know, you can't get those directors and bring them over to Star Wars and say, okay, here's one of the greatest cinematic characters in the history of movies. And this is his origin movie. Go make it. You, you can't do that. That's that's just a, a stupid idea. So I think because of the, the, the complete debacle of what happened with this movie, Disney's going to be very careful moving forward because they you know they know that if they fuck this one up, which it's already a fuck up, Disney is prepared for this to bomb. But they know when this bombs, if episode 9 doesn't do well for whatever stupid reason, where do they go from there? If that bombs, where do they go from there? Now you you've ruined Star Wars, so they they're they're going to be threading waters here, and I think that's why they're going to start going for maybe two, three years in between movies, uh, instead of you know every year a movie, you know, which is a shame now. And um, before they announce huh. the next one, it's going to it's going to have to be something epic like Obi Wan or or something even you know bigger or than Luke Skywalker. That that's or the movie they should have made. Get. Get Ewan McGregor back and make the damn Obi Wan movie. Like that should have been done way before they did a Han Solo freaking origin film. Well, what they're what they're realizing is that they it's not like like uh, putting batter in a pan and baking some cookies. That's what they're learning. Take you know, it's, it's it's. No, I didn't say go silent. I said go ahead to give you know, give your two cents. I'm just saying they're learning. They're learning that it's not that it's not like baking cookies. I mean, that, that was literally two cents worth. That was great. That's how that's how they treat. It. That's how they. But see, that's how they're treating it. They think that they they're going to be that's able to not do true, this. Not true, man. Just, you saw you saw Rogue One. That that movie is yeah, a but look Star at what, Wars masterpiece. Yeah, but look at what Rogue One went through before it finally got made, dude. I mean, I don't know what it went through. I just I I didn't even really watch the trailers of that movie. I expected to, to hate it, to tell you the truth, and it is. My second favorite Star Wars movie after Empire. I mean that that thing is a triumph. So I don't see that as baking cookies. I see that as no. But what um, I'm seeing is they how they should probably pick that project a little better. But 
Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I think that they should at least try to hire a guy that looks a little like Harrison Ford. I mean, just for starters. <laughs> and I look, I look at this yeah. actor, and he literally does not give me fucking Han Solo, Harrison Ford vibes whatsoever. He looks like Chris Stuckman, the YouTube critic, for crying out loud. That is not Han Solo. Oh my God, he looks like is. Stuckman, right? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought when I saw that poster. I'm like, wow, yeah, he does. Going on there? He looks Russian to me <laughs> in the in the pic. He looks like a Russian. Yeah, yeah. Putin hacked Holy Chris shit, Stuckman's account, turned him Russian, and <laughs> it, that's what that's what I'm saying. If you are determined that you have to make this movie by by all means, if this is the route that Disney wanted to go because they felt they have the the perfect script, which by the way, by all accounts, this was a very good script by Lawrence Kasdan. I mean, uh, some people were saying this is probably the best script he's ever written, Star Wars related. Including Empire. Remember, this guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back. So, by the people who read the script early on, this is the best Star Wars script he's written. Anthony Daniels so, said this. Yeah. So, I mean, if that is the case, and they're gonna and they're gonna go that route, you have to nail the casting. You cannot get a guy who is, for example, Han Solo is. You know, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Let's be honest. This is not a reboot. There's not a reimagining of the character. This is literally a prequel biopic to that character played by Harrison Ford. He's the only person who's ever played that character. He has to not only look just like him, he has to sound just like him. He has to mimic his mannerisms. He has to be Han Solo as we know him. Because you're literally telling a story that takes place in his timeline, the Harrison Ford timeline. Not an alternate timeline, not a rebooted timeline, that timeline. Right now, there's only one actor out there who fits that bill. Guys, Anthony and Gruber. Only actor that really looks like Harrison Ford, sounds like Harrison Ford. He fucking played Harrison Ford in a movie, in uh, Age of Adamine. So, right there, they fucked up completely. Cast the wrong guy. Harrison Ford is, what, six foot uh, two? Alden Eichrat is like six. He's like five foot eight. How do you fuck that up? Yeah, I, I think oh, I, guess, oh. I guess I think it's just as easy as like recasting Batman. Oh, like no, they look, they look at they did they done it all these different Batman. We, yeah, no, and it doesn't. Not with Han Solo. Not with not with something that there's only ever been one guy that did it, and right. that it is now, so integral it, and ingrained because Han, there are Star Wars books and comics and shit, but those right. all came after. They all came after. Now, if you're doing a reimagining for TV with a whole different cast, and you're casting a whole different Leia, Luke, and it's something closer to, to kind of remake A New Hope, but on TV, you know, something like that, like a, an episodic series, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Get whoever you want. That's fine. Because you're changing the entire structure with, you know, of all these characters and who, who they are or what they look like. While you're going to get people that, that resemble them, you don't have to get the exact lookalikes. But you're telling me that you're going to make a movie with a character that is literally the the prequel to Harrison, to Harrison Ford's Han Solo. I mean, how do you fuck that up? When the actor is literally like reading... This guy was reading a script on YouTube telling you, Hey, casting directors, hire me! Hey, hello! How he got casted? No, but that's what Anthony Gruber was practically doing. He was doing like videos on YouTube, you know, reading lines from Star Wars as Harrison as Han Solo. 
Like he did a, a few videos like that to show that he it, he could play the part, and he nailed it. Every single scene he, he, he did, he sounds and looks just like the guy. So I mean, that's how he got the age of Adeline. Uh, I'll have to uh, I'll movie. have to look I'll have to look him up. I don't know. There's only one actor I know of that could have done it, and um, that's Josh Hartnett. But he's too old now. He's older than Han no, Solo. No. Ford was when he played Han Solo, so he he's too well, old to do it now. That's but I think, thing, I think Hartnett could have did a good version. No, he doesn't look. No, 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 no. He Josh looks. Hartnett, he looked no, enough like him to pull no, it off. No, no, he looks something like him to begin with. But anyway, that's a different story. He uh, doesn't look like Chris Duckman, that's for sure. Which, which is a well, big plus in my book. <laughs> Alden Eichrade actually looks more like Harrison Ford than uh, than Josh Hartnett. I'm sorry, but uh, and he looks something like him, but he he resembles him more from an angle than anything that. But anyway. Uh, Anthony Gruber, you, you haven't seen that video of him doing the uh, cantina scene on on YouTube? You have to have seen this. No, I don't well, watch that. Oh, well, and then there's the guy that did played Han Solo in that fan film, who who you say would be a better Robin Williams, but still oh, yeah. he looks more like Harrison <laughs> Ford. He you still know, but... looks like Harrison Ford than the guy that they got for this movie. Yeah, yeah, but when I see that guy's face, I'm like, yeah, that's fucking Robin Williams. He even sounds like Robin Williams, like. That's Robin Williams. Like reborn. I don't know. I don't know. It's creepy. I look at the guy and he creeps me the fuck out because we just lost Robin Williams and there he fucking is, forty years younger. What the fuck? Like how did that happen? If they ever did a biopic on Robin Williams, that's the guy. And his name is what? Jamie Costa. Jamie Costa, right? Yeah, that's his name, right? Look him up if you guys haven't seen this guy. Uh, look up Jamie Costa on YouTube, and my God, it's freaky. He does a whole Robin Williams, uh, like a, uh, like a, um, we call it a reading of like a bunch of his, uh, his different films, like little clips and shit. And man, he, he looks just like him. Sounds just like him. It's it's bizarre. It's weird. Spooky. Spooky, even. Jamie uh, I posted the. I gave you. I posted the. Uh, Anthony Gruber uh, video of Johnny for you to check you out. Go. You oh. got to see his his Harrison Ford impression, man. That guy's no, it's perfect. It's spot on. It's spot on. And it's like I'm gonna put some pictures here of them next to each other. So you could be like, oh well, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when you see them next to each other, even it, it sells it even more. And remember, you're talking about a age gap of like ten, fifteen years. Between the the photos here, that I'm showing you, and which is exactly Harrison Ford vouched have. for this guy too. That's something else that that people don't realize. Like, yeah. what was Disney thinking? Well, another thing that they really should start looking into is um, checking out some of their comic books that they're putting out all the time that are phenomenal. They could actually make really good bumper films in between them, like Dr. Afra and um, the the Lando Calrissian yes. comic, the Poe Dameron comic book, like. We don't know these characters too well because we are being shoved into stories featuring the classic characters too much. So maybe give Poe a film based off of the well, comic book written by J- um, Karen Gillian. It's a wonderful comic book, and it would make a very powerful film and really, really kind of um, get Oscar Isaac's kind of more um, props from the Star Wars community yeah. if they actually did a film based on it, man. Oh, I, I completely agree, Johnny, and, and uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, uh, you're going to get that. And you're going to get a lot more movies in the future, but, you know, you got to take it one film at a time. You know, you can't rush 30 films out in, like, two years. You know, it takes time to film these things and, and get them into production. So yeah, give, and, it uh, give it time. Give it time. 
I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Marvel Universe now, and I'm thinking, like, oh, they just, they've always done like that. But you're right. Like, at first, you know, we had Iron Man, and then we had to wait forever yeah. for Iron Man 2, and then Captain yep. America, and then Thor. And But now, yeah, it's like, oh, you can't fucking go outside without tripping over a Marvel movie. But at first, you're right. You know, it, it took it took forever to get, get the 30 films that we have now. And you guys are right. This kid, um, they'd have to do his <laughs> hair a little better, but um, a little different. But yeah, he could do it. Scrap him up a little bit, give him a vest. Yeah, no. Um, Anton Gruber, whatever his name is, taking over the Nakatomi yeah. Plaza on Christmas. Give him, shoot the glass and give him a Han Solo part, man, because he's definitely got robbed by Chris Stuckman's brother for the role. That's for sure. Look, this is this is him next to Harrison Ford at the same exact age. Look at the, look at the facial features. They're they're identical. They look like they're twins. Pow pow. Look yeah, he got ro- he got robbed. That's for shizzle. And it, and the crazy part about it is the fans, you know, the fans were crazy online about this kid getting the part. Harrison Ford called the studios. He was in this movie, Age of Adeline, which is a Harrison Ford-led movie. He played Harrison Ford's part as a younger uh, version of the character. Like, I mean, if you're Disney, you're sitting there. How do you not cast this guy? I got the answer. And this is, and and this is the most ironic part of all. And this is the, the funniest part of all. We're going to go to break after I say this, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have our top ten list. And I'll give you the answer. You guys are going to get a good chuckle out of this. The directors, Lloyd Miller, wanted him, Alden Eichray, not, not Anthony Gruber, Alden Eichray, the guy who got the part, they wanted him to play Han Solo from the very beginning. That was the guy they wanted. Um, I don't know if they had a crush on him. I don't know what the hell was going on, but they were very adamant in, uh, in early interviews that this is the guy they wanted. They they really they they went through the procedure of you know looking at other people, but this is their guy from the beginning. They wanted to work with him from the moment they saw him on Hail Caesar, and this is a project they 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 looked at. They're like, this is our guy. Mind you, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. Doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. He's not even the guy's height or weight, but this is the guy they wanted. And at no point did they even bring in Anthony and Gruber to read. They brought in a bunch of other actors. They they, they knew they were not going to get the part. And, in fact, one of them got a part in the movie, but as a different character. So, I mean, they brought in, you know, people just to read. But they knew who they wanted from the beginning. And this kid got robbed. And this is the guy the fans wanted. Harrison Ford wanted. And the the funny twist about the, the entire thing is that Alden Eichwright is the one who called the studios because he was concerned that the movie was going down the wrong path. And <laughs> really? Because of his concern, the director got, got fired. <laughs> and they thought, they thought he was cute. <laughs> they loved him. They wanted so, him so bad. <laughs> they wanted him really badly to the point they, they were like, no, this is the guy. This is our guy. You know, forget everybody else. And he got them fired. It was ultimately that their doom. That's po- that, that is ironic right there. That is beautiful. That is poetic karma is what that is. And the funny thing is, why was it, and this is the best part, this is the, the kicker. Why was uh, the movie bad? Why, why was, you know, besides the, it was too comedic, supposedly there was, it was too much like, too much like Ace Ventura. But the worst part about the criticism that came out was that Alden couldn't act. He was a terrible actor and. He just he couldn't get the character of uh, of Han Solo down, so they had to bring in uh, like actual people to help him, you know, like uh, acting coaches to help him learn how to act on set, and that's what drew the attention of Kathleen Kennedy. She was like, "Wait a second, he just called us complaining, and when we're looking at the dailies, he's part of the main problem here." But you know, they're eighty percent into this production; they can't just recast the main guy at this point. 
Why so not? Right. They did it with Back to the Future. Yeah, but they were only twenty percent into production at that point. I don't I mean, know. Was... I heard they were. I heard they were longer no. in the back. Yeah, I read they were like fifty percent in. Well, then there'd be they'd there'd be, be more stuff than just shots of um, Stoltz's Marty Man. There'd actually be footage around if that they were that. Well, far apparently, yeah. there's a. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Someday it'll come out. Maybe who knows. I doubt it, but I mean, tell me that's not beautiful karma at, at its finest. I mean, that's I, I, when, oh, I, when I read that. I was but like, you know wh- what? why didn't why doesn't Rod Howard just recast the guy with this other dude? I don't understand. Like you could, I mean, he, he better up getting Warwick anyway. Davis to play Han Solo at this part, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Here's, here's the thing, and, That'd and be here's. Cool. I think Anthony actually is working on a film now, so I think you know, the timeline now wouldn't work to begin with um, because he's, he was cast as something else. I mean, he's a working actor. He's a young guy, and he's getting into movies. But, you, you know, he was free when they were casting the movie, but, you know, if you bypass him, then you know, the hell. Maybe, though, the casting for, like, Indiana Jones or something because, I mean, he looks just like Harrison Ford. The guy just does. But, um... The funny, you know, the funniest twist of all is that you know the, the guy who got you, uh, who who they went after is the guy that got you fired. I mean, that to me is is killer. And uh, at the end of the day, Ron Howard was brought in as a safe choice to kind of, kind of like try to fix this thing. But this is a, a turd just waiting to happen. This movie's dead on arrival. Um, I predict it's going to bomb really badly. I'm not. I don't even think this is going to make 300 million worldwide. That's how badly I think this is going to do. Um, I'm thinking about maybe about. 40, 35, 40 million domestically opening weekend. Maybe 100 million tops domestically. Like, mm. overall. I, I, it, dude, it's Star Wars, man. If the Transformers movies can make a billion, yeah, I'm pretty sure but, Star Wars Star Wars, mm. Star Wars, would make a, a good half billion, man. I, nah, just on its name alone, I think. I would, you would assume so, but there's been so much hatred for this movie. And, yeah, but how much our, of the general public knows this shit, though, Jackal? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people are just going to take their kids to see the movie and not going to care, oh, it's a Han Solo movie. They don't know all this crap. I mean, it's we know all this because yeah. we're paying attention to the Internet, but a lot of these people aren't going to know any of that, which is why it's going to make a lot of money, just like well, all the other Star Wars yeah, movies. And look at Look at how hated... Michael Bay is. Look at how trash the Transformers films are. And everyone that comes out still makes a billion dollars somehow. I mean, like, th- there's no way that, like, Star Wars is not going to follow that same path at least a little bit, even with a, a-, a completely mired film by fanboys and, and critics. There are still going to be Okies and Texans and people in Alabama that go and see it just because of Star Wars. Yeah, but here, here's the kicker, though. you got to remember one thing. This movie's been dragged through the mud already, and a lot of the fans who are the casual, even the casual fans know about this being a debacle at this point. Even Disney has recently, uh, you know, has been letting them know that they're ready for this movie to be a bomb. I mean, everybody's expecting this to fail and flop big time, so maybe the numbers will be a little bit higher than I said, but it wouldn't be much higher, I don't think, because I honestly think this is going to do very, very badly. I hope There's... it flops. I'm, I'm with you. I hope it flops, but I, I don't think it's gonna. I mean, because these people will go see anything with Star Wars on it, so... I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know about that. But guys, we'll be back in a couple minutes here with our top ten list. We're going to cut the show short a little bit uh, this week because it is New Year's, and I'm sure uh, you know people want to spend it uh, counting down and looking at TV and all that jazz. Uh, but uh, we'll be back in about two minutes. And uh, guys, get your list ready. 
Imagine yeah. no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Greetings, my name is Spud Goodman, and I am in fact a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities, welcome live musical guests, present fascinating feature segments, and take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. All right, everybody, welcome back to the roundtable, and uh, this is 
the best part of the show, my favorite part of the show, anyway, our top ten list. And before we go to the top ten list of the evening for us, you know, our personal top ten, uh, I'm going to go and, and give us the top ten box office for the weekend. And uh, this is, uh, of course, the New Year's Eve weekend, which, uh, well, I, I still can't believe that it's the end of 2017. It's It's amazing. Amazing to me. But uh, let's see, the, the, the weekend that is no more in a few minutes. Tap 10, number 10 this weekend uh, is Father Figures, $3.7 million at number 10. Downsizing uh, made $4.6 million at number 9. Darkest Hour made $5.2 million at number 8. All the money in the world made, and that's a debut, that's a first week in the box office, all the money in the world, 5.5 million, I have no idea what that movie's about. Uh, guys, any idea? No? No. It's it's about rich people. Oh no, that's the movie I was talking about where they cut Kevin Spacey out of it. It looks boring as hell, I can't even get to the trailer without falling asleep. Mark Wahlberg and, uh, Michelle Williams, Ridley Scott, that's the one, yeah. And, uh, let's see, uh, Coco number six, uh, with 6.5 million, that movie's raked. Uh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand? Ferdinand. Ferdinand. That's the one about the bull that doesn't want to fight. It likes flowers. Right. Me and There's Jensen some... were talking about it last time he was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It looks, actually, it looks kind of cute. I might check that out. It's a Fox property, though. Which is a Disney property, so go figure. Uh, so it's number six this week with 6.5 million. And, uh, it was Buena Vista, too. Isn't that Disney Buena Vista? That's Co- oh, that's Fox, my bad. Coco is, no, uh, Buena Vista, that's, um, that's Coco's Disney. Yeah, yeah, but oh. one of Coco. That's a oh. that's a logo's confused there. Uh, number four, the, and this is a movie I really want to see: The Greatest Showman. And uh, oh, it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it looks wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen point two million this weekend. I have to see that movie. It looks uh, phenomenal. Uh, number three, a uh, movie I have no interest in watching: Pitch Perfect Three. <laughs> What's wow. that? Point seven million. It. Won't see it. Uh, I no. haven't seen it. Number two, in a movie I just recently saw, it's okay, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. It's just, just, eh, it was there. And uh, that brought in a, a, brought in a whopping $50 million, so it, it did really well over the weekend. Uh, almost took down the number one movie of the weekend, but again, number one for the third week in a row. That's right, The Last Jedi, the most divisive, polarizing Star Wars movie since The Empire Strikes Back. Or maybe The Phantom Menace whatever, or any of the prequels, because they're all kind of divisive. Uh, but, yeah, that one brought in $52 million for the weekend, uh, which is a very small drop from last week, only 26% drop. So that's actually really good from uh, this previous past week. Um, Jumanji had a uh, 38% increase in the box office from last week, so that's amazing in itself. Well, the, the, uh, those two movies have been playing at the little crap box in the town that I'm staying at, and the parking lot's been packed for two weeks straight with both Jumanji and Star Wars playing there. I don't know which is being seen more, but I mean, I'm telling you, like those two movies are doing gangbusters in this little crap town, so I know that they have to be doing very well in other places as well. So yeah, Jumanji's doing really good business. I mean, at a ninety million dollar budget, it's already brought in three twenty two worldwide, one sixty nine domestic, and. Uh, well, I got to fast track Black Adam because The Rock keeps bringing in all the money, putting asses yeah. in the seats. Well, I thought that <laughs> his movie was already slated next, anyways. Or did, it's hard to tell with the DCU; they're always shifting around and stuff. But yeah. I thought yeah, his yeah. movie Who was knows? slated next, anyways. 
Uh, and by the way, guys, uh, with that said, with this weekend, Star Wars: The Last Jedi uh, also became the number one movie of 2017, uh, taking down Beauty and the Beast at the domestic box office. And uh, it's about maybe a week away from uh, going worldwide and uh, taking the global box office also from uh, Beauty and the Beast. So hats off to Star Wars. Like it or not, flawed or not, the movie's made over $500 million and, uh, what, 17 days? Uh, so that's pretty damn good if you ask me. It's uh, it's on pace to get very close, maybe even you know, taking over Avatar for the number two movie of all times domestically. So if it does that, I'm very happy with those results. As long as it takes Avatar down a notch, I'm very happy with that. And uh, can't wait for episode nine to see where they go with uh, with that storyline. So with that said, guys, that's the top ten box office results for the weekend. Again, number one, The Last Jedi with 52 million dollars for the weekend now we're going to move on to our top 10 list this week we're going to talk about hey what are our top 10's favorite and most hated movies of 2017 what do we like and what do we hate the most and with without further delay let's let zod rider kick it off zod give us your top 10 list best and worst okay well what hey. do you want first surprise me hey all right well i'll go i think i'll go ahead and do my worst first uh, my top ten worst, number ten, Transformers, The Last Night. You number nine. That? Yeah. Number nine, The Fate <laughs> of... Number nine, The Fate of the Furious, Fast Man, Eight. I, I still haven't even seen that, and I'm you a fan of that? those movies. Wow. <laughs> number, <laughs> number eight, number eight, Baywatch. <laughs> you, you saw that? You saw that? <laughs> number seven, <laughs> number... <laughs> this, is, this is my top ten worst. Number seven, Chips. You saw number, that? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> number six, The Mummy, 2017. Number five, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Horrible Man, that was this year. Number, number four, number four, uh, Thor, Ragnarok. Horrible what? Film. What? Number, uh, number three, Amy Schumer's recent film, Snatched. Terrible film. <laughs> you watched that? That's that, that's actually serious. I'm not joking now. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you actually watched that. What? Number two, number two, Death Note 2017. Absolutely hated it. And my worst film of 2017, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Hated you saw that. Too. that? Uh, what? Nobody watched that movie. So those uh, are my top Jesus. ten worst. Now, okay, my top ten best. Number Go ten, Sp- Spider-Man: Homecoming. Number nine. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 8 is a Chinese film, Blade of the Immortal. That's uh, Japanese. Japanese, excuse me. Japanese, excuse me. I figured I figured you would you would uh, probably have that on your list too, uh, Johnny. Uh, number 7, Alien Covenant. Number 6, Wonder Woman. Number 5, Logan. Number 4, The Disaster Artist. Number three is a Korean film called The Villainous, which I absolutely loved. I don't know, Johnny, did you see that? No, never seen it. Oh, uh, you didn't see The Villainous yet. I'm Wonderful with film. You. It's, on my, it's on my list, dude. Come on. Okay, good. Uh, number two <laughs> is a short four-minute film by Zack Snyder called Snow, Steam, Iron. Wonderful film. I and just watched my- it. I just watched it, and it is. It is basically every story that Frank Miller's ever wanted to tell condensed into a nice little four-minute movie. It's, it's <laughs> pow, beautiful. Pow. And, number, and number one, my number one movie of 2017 is Blade Runner 2049. 
Here's my top ten. Well, there you go. That's a, a formidable top ten. And uh, I'm going to go now with my top ten. And it's funny you mentioned Blade Runner because uh, that was actually uh, my tenth worst movie of the year. I, I really didn't like Blade Runner. Uh, I know a lot of folks love that movie. I, I get it. People like it. Fine. I was a fan of the original. Some movies are just better left alone and not, you know, and that had sequels made out of them. This is one of them. I just, I, I, I wasn't there. I, you know, it, it wasn't Blade Runner. It just it was something else, and it felt awkward and out of place. I love Harrison Ford, but you know, not all his movies are great, and not all his movies are hits, and that to me failed miserably. Uh, number nine, Alien Covenant. Pow pow. Now, while I didn't really completely hate the movie. Because there are aspects in the movie that I that I enjoyed, uh, it it didn't live up to the Prometheus. Uh, you know, for me, it didn't live up to Prometheus. I really liked Prometheus a lot, and I and I went to this movie really hoping that it continued that storyline in a proper way, and it gave me like a good resolution to that character going in, knowing that this is going to follow into the alien mythology, and I just it failed to do that. It, it was in many ways a complete. Failure by by the director Ridley Scott, who I thought really would have done a much better job, uh, considering this is his baby and he just he completely let me down. Uh, number eight, and I don't even know why I watched this movie. I must have been really high when I saw this movie. Uh, Geostorm. Oh man, that movie is awesome though. I, I mean, love like, that I, movie. I understand, but but it's good on like on the Sci-Fi Channel movie kind of way. I have such a yeah. watching. Gerard Butler jacked himself with bee venom and act like an idiot on screen. He's just so good at it. How can you hate that movie, man? It's beautiful. That movie. It's <laughs> such a, a stupid... Yeah. Look, disaster movies are played out, first of all. These kind of disaster movies are, are done with. Uh, they brought nothing new to the table. The acting was atrocious. Uh, the special effects were, was sci-fi level, like sci-fi channel level. Uh, it was just a terrible movie all the way around. It wasn't even like Sharknado, which was meant to be bad. So it was kind of like good, even though it was bad. It was just a bad movie. Uh, and I just hated it. So that's the, what, number seven. Uh, number six on my list. And I hope this is the last one of this series. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tunnel Tales. Uh, this should be the last one. This should make no more Pirates movies. You had me until the third one. Stop. That's I stopped it. watching at the third one. Like, I didn't that's even it. see part... I haven't seen any, but the, the only one I've seen is the very first one. So that's the best way to keep it. That's the only actual real, real good one. The, the two and three are, eh, but yeah. I mean, like the, the first I, one. The first one's a solid film, though. I'll always give props to that one. The first and the third I liked. The, the second one I didn't like too much. And from then on, the fourth, the fifth, it's just been garbage after garbage. Uh, so there. Uh, what's the number five coming up, right? Number five on my list. V- uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. A movie that I was looking so forward to. And when I saw it, I was like, what the f- they do to this thing, man? Like, why would they do this? It's such a beautiful story where they make this mess of a movie. Uh, so Valerian, City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, number four, Ghost in the Shell. They really should not have Made that at all. Oh, thank you. Now I got three movies for my my. Just should not. Have done it. Thank you. Uh, let me see. Number three on my list. Uh, let's see where am I? Number three. Diary of a Wimpy Kid: The Long Haul. Yes, I saw that movie. Yes, I did. And I'm ashamed, guys. I'm ashamed that I saw it. I enjoyed the first one. The second one I didn't like. 
And I, I figured, you know, they recasted, I think it was like the fourth one in the series, they recasted everybody, and it was just, it was horrible, terrible movie. Um, so that's number three on my list. Number two on my list, Justice League. And while I enjoyed it a little bit more the second time around, it was still a big pile of shit. And you can't polish that shit. I mean, I'm sorry, Mythbusters, this is one turd you can't polish. And it was not Joss Whedon's fault. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Number one on my list. Chips. Yeah, I said to it. I'm sorry. I, I said to myself that I was not going to see it when I saw that trailer. But then morbid curiosity got the best of me. And I was like, They Man. ruined it. They ruined <laughs> Chips. They've raped our childhood. They ruined Chips, bro. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I was a huge fan of the show when I was a kid, and then you know my my curiosity got the best of me, and now I know that why the saying is you know curiosity killed the cat, never again. If I have that feeling that just it's gonna suck, I'm just not gonna watch it, man. Especially when it's something nostalgic like Chips, which I grew up watching, and I love the original could, series, which actually could have been good. They actually could have did, did. They actually could have did a good. A good movie out of it, like the way they they redid uh, Hawaii Five O as a TV show. They could have, I mean, they really could have. There's no that excuse. show's still running. I can't believe it. I was like on the, the 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 library site looking for shows, and like I was like going through and like, wow, dude, like Hawaii Five O two thousand. It's like up to season eight or something. I'm like, whoa, I think that's actually outlasted the original <laughs> series. At this point, it's incredible. Right. You know, yeah. And it's the thing, Chips would have worked better as a rebooted TV series than a movie, and Absolutely. that's one of the major things. That's one of the main things that they failed at in this movie. Plus, the casting was just terrible. The, there was no story. You know, the plot was just non-existent. Um, it, it was just a, a horrible movie. In fact, I would say this right now, Chips is... This Chips that came out of this movie is probably top five worst movies in the history of cinema that I've ever seen. The history of cinema, agreed, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how bad this movie was. <laughs> they're, they're, and I'm, ta- and I'm bad, talking about... It's bad like Turks. Electra? No, no, this like makes Electra... Electra no, no, this is this makes Electra look like The Godfather. Wow. It's, it's, it's bad. It's really, <laughs> it, really, bad. it really does. I mean, this is worse than The Room. I mean, The Room was a bad movie. Let's just be honest. It's a horrible movie, but it had redeeming qualities because of certain external elements that makes you know the bad movie seem you know watchable. This is not a watchable movie. Oh, there's there's no there's not a single redeeming quality. There's not one performance, not one scene that makes you chuckle to the point that you're like, you know, I gotta watch that again because when when I watch the room and every time I see him, I go, "You're tearing us apart, Lisa." At least I crack up. You know, the performances are so bad that at least they make me like, laugh. Well, you know, he's like being you don't James get that Dean here. there, which is awesome. He's he's channeling a his inner James right. Dean in that scene. Correct. So that's that's redeem that's redeemable in and of itself. I mean, when, like, when you watch a movie and the drug dealing thug is the only person with any acting talent, you know you got a masterpiece on your hands, man. Exactly. And Chris R is the only character <laughs> yeah. that's actually de- get delivering yeah. a good performance. Gotta love the entire Chris film. R. Oh my god. <laughs> Where's so they, my uh, money? I don't have five minutes. <laughs> and, the, and the guy that got to play Chris R in Disaster Artist, by the way, was pretty good, too. He did a yeah, great did job. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it, man. Everyone so that's my top ten job. worst. Now let me get to my top ten best list here. And uh, let's go up here to uh, my list. Let's see. Number ten, I'm going to go with the uh, remake of It, Stephen King's masterpiece. I 
I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. It got nine nine out of ten stars from me. Uh, there was just a couple little different things that I didn't like in the movie they added in there, uh, which was different from the book. Um, I do like the fact that it was an updated version. You know, they didn't go back to the 50s. This was set in the 80s. So I kind of dug that. I thought that was a cool idea. Uh, but they, they took the, uh, a couple of liberties I didn't like, so I didn't get a 10. Um, but so it, it cracked my top 10 list. Number 10, It. Uh, number 9, in a, probably the best Spider-Man movie I've seen uh, since the uh, first or second Spider-Man movie, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I loved it. I thought it... Other than Spider-Man 2, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man Spider-Man 3, it shits on the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, and it's on par with the original Spider-Man. So I, I love Spider-Man Homecoming, and uh, I can't wait for the next one, for the sequel. Uh, number 8, and the movie that really should get an Oscar nomination, and it's number 8 on my list, but this one, uh, you know, compared to the other ones, which are great, and I love them for different reasons, this one really should get an Oscar nomination. And it's because it's just, there's so much, there's so much depth and, and just well-rounded acting and, and the script it is. It's just, it's such a polished, great film. And I'm talking about Logan. Yes, I understand. It's Wolverine. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's X-Men. I get it. But this is a masterpiece. It's really what it is. It didn't go higher on my list because, you know, there are other movies that I, that I love more for other reasons. But when I sit down and watch it as a critic, as a movie, this is one of the tightest movies you're ever going to watch. As, as a film, the way it's directed, the way it's acted, the script. I mean, it's a damn near masterpiece. It should be at least nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director. At least get a nomination. Even if it doesn't win, it deserves a nomination. It's that good. Um, number seven. Another he, movie. He deserves that at least. Q deserves it at least, man. That at guy's least, put. Yeah. yeah, he's putting nine films in, man. That that is Correct. a dedicated run as a character. And, and number uh, seven on my list, a movie that I didn't think I was going to enjoy because uh, you know I was like, God, he can't do serious movies. Come on, seriously. Uh, but he nailed it, and I, and I love this movie, The Foreigner, with uh, Jackie Chan. I don't know if you guys have seen that or sat through it. Oh, yeah, that's I, I, wonderful. It's still on my list. I, I, I really Watch want to it. see it, though. It looks amazing. He, he is so good in that movie. Talk, talk about Oscar nominations. I mean, Jackie Chan uh, gave the performance of his life in that movie. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, you, when you watch a Jackie Chan movie, you, he's goofy. You know, the, the fight sequences are usually awesome, but even when he's fighting, he's kind of like, you know, making jokes, and it's kind of a funny fight. There's something funny about what he does in this movie at all. There's no humor. It's, well, he's kind no of jokes. wanted to make a film. He's really wanted to make a film like this for a while. It's yeah. it's been a, a goal of his, and like he's nobody's ever really taken him seriously to do it. And I'm happy he's finally gotten a chance to, because I think he deserves it. Because he's uh, like you said, he's he's given us so many wonderful films. Let him let him live out his dream, even if it doesn't work out. And like from what I understand, it works out very well. He's very good in the film, so I'm I'm actually yeah. happy that they let him I, run with it. I loved. The Foreigner. I mean, I'm talking about, I, I fell in love with this movie from the moment I started watching it, and I saw his, his performance, his expressions, when his daughter gets blown up, spoiler alert, uh, you know, the, the way it happens, the way it goes down, um, the way he interacts with Pierce Brosnan, the way he interrogates Pierce Brosnan, and he knows what's going on, and who, and, you know, he just wants to get names. You know, the, the, his whole persona in this movie is complete, it's a complete departure from anything you've seen him in, and it tells you, this guy's a, a serious actor. If it wasn't for the the uh, the language barrier, and he spoke more fluent English, and he was you know more 
had more of an American accent. Um, I mean, he could rival any actor in Hollywood when it comes to acting because he is a damn good actor who has never had this opportunity. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's getting it. He's getting older. And uh, look, he was great in The Karate Kid. Crappy movie, but he was great in that movie as Mr. Han. So, I mean, he's proven that he can do dramatic, you know, movies. He's proven now that he can do this kind of dramatic action movie. And, again, The Foreigner, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's worth every penny. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Uh, number six, a, a continuation to a movie that I adore, just like The Foreigner, and just like Logan, a serious movie, a serious action movie. Uh, Johnny Wick, John Wick, Chapter 2, uh, cracked in my number six. And uh, Keanu Reeves, I mean, he, he ceases to amaze me. Just when I think he is completely gone, he comes back with a masterpiece in John Wick. And then he follows it up with a great sequel in John Wick too. So that's number six on my list. Number five, The Disaster Artist. Just saw it today. And uh, I got to say, it's funny. This is one of the rare times that I, I've ever seen a movie, which is a, kind of like a biopic to a story, a real-life story, or a true story about somebody. Uh, and it's about somebody who made the movie, and I like the biopic more than I like the initial movie that was made by the initial artist. Uh, or, uh, and it's funny, I, I think I said something to Alex 2.0 on, uh, on chat earlier, where I said something about James Franco plays Tommy Wiseau, better than Tommy Wiseau plays Tommy Wiseau in the room. Because James Franco completely, like, he, he, it was mind-blowing watching him in this performance as Tommy Wiseau. And, uh, and, oh, and they, Dave, Dave really impressed me with his performance as um, Greg. Greg Sestero, too. Yeah. I think that Dave Franco actually stepped up and was pretty amazing in the film as well. No, Dave's a, Dave, Dave Franco's a very good actor. I mean, he's he's very underrated as, a, as an actor. Both him and James are underrated, I think, as actors. But they both nailed it. You're right. They both nailed uh, the the roles here, which is not hard to do because they're playing, you know, retards. Playing an idiot. <laughs> Once plays a retard, and they're playing, they're playing an idiot who's just a nice kid. Let's be honest. That's really what it was. Uh, I do like the fact that they're brothers in real life. So at no point you're going to go into this and say, oh, uh, you know, there might be some gay going on between these two guys. Because when you watch the movie, it's very clear there's some homoerotic tension between these two guys. Uh, and, and, and there's a huge, like, gay vibe between Tommy and Greg. But it's more Tommy towards Greg than even Greg towards Tommy. Cause exactly. The way, it, the way they made it out to look here is like, Greg is just some innocent, dumb kid who wants to be an actor. And Tommy is kind of like almost, it feels like he's trying to like lure him in into his web. To and get the way he there. was, and the way he was jealous when, when Greg was right. started dating that woman and yeah, like, you know, it's like chicks are for fags, you know, like that. You know, <laughs> That's what they came off as. So I, I, I that's why I, I'm happy they went and got you know Dave Franco because at no point you're going to be like, are you going to go into somebody like, wait a second, is he going to kiss his brother? That's going to happen, right? They're going to, there's going to be some kind of gay shit with him and his brother. <laughs> no, you know, knowing that they're brothers, you know, it's not going to happen. Regardless, there's no way that's going to happen, and that's a good thing. So I, it gives you that ease of you know the ease, ease of mind you can sit there and, and say, okay, I'm not expecting anything super duper gay to happen on the screen. Um, and when it kind of feels like it's going to happen, it doesn't happen. But there is that kind of tension between the characters, which I didn't really get it after watching the room. I didn't notice it. But when you watch this movie, there is definitely, you can definitely tell there was, you know, some kind of, of tension between them. Maybe that's why Tommy saw in Greg and liked him so much. You never know. I mean, he wouldn't be the first European guy who uh, picks up some young 20-year-old 
and, and takes him out to Hollywood to make to make him a star. You know, I mean that's uh, it's a little creepy in itself. So there you go, disaster artist number five on my list. Let me clear my throat real quick. Hold on, guys. Dead air. There we go. Number four on my list, and uh, I, don't, I, I can't believe you guys missed this on your list, but Dunkirk by the master director himself, Christopher Nolan. Uh, it's, it, it was fine the first time I watched it, but man, is it a fucking snore to get through a second time. Man. Oh, like, God. We'll Dunkirk later, movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love that movie. I've seen it three or four times now, and, and every time I've watched it, I've, I've enjoyed it. So are you a New Direction fan now? <laughs> but I do love Dunkirk. Uh, number three on my list, and uh, let me uh, get going because we're almost short of time. Uh, number three on my list: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Wow, love that movie. You love that better than Dunkirk? Wow, I'm surprised. Holy Nolan! The Holy Nolan got eclipsed by the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that's. But here's wow. the thing: I absolutely loved the first one. Yeah, it's so, the best MCU movie still in the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So I, I mean, since I love that movie so much, I mean, it, it had to be in there. I mean, there's there's absolutely no, you know, doubts about it. it had to, it, there's, it, you know, it had to be in the top five at least because it was. I thought this movie was just as good, and even slightly better than the first one in some parts. So I mean, and, and I love the first one, and I, I think James Gunn just nailed it with Guardians of the Galaxy. I hope he does the next one and the next one after that and he just keeps going and they just keep making those movies because I, mean, I can't wait to see him in the Avengers so that the trailer with them at the end looked really really uh, uh, cool yeah the, the, with, the part with them and Thor is probably the only thing in the trailer that looked interesting to me at all so yeah that's about yeah. the only number two on my list and speaking of Thor that's right Mr. Thor Ragnarok was the second movie on my list this year Guardian of the uh, Galaxy 2.5, yeah, that was, yes. that was wonderful. <laughs> it, it just beats it as a Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2.5. Uh, no, in all honesty, I thought it was the best of the three Thor movies. Uh, honestly, I think it, it, it just uh, it had that uh, quality that it was missing from the first two. Um, and, and I think, what's the director's name? Witiku? Witiku? It what sounds like he was named by Ewoks. His name's like Witiki. He sounds like he was named by Ewoks. That's all I'm right. saying. Well, that guy, <laughs> he he is awesome. I mean, uh, he, is a, he did a great job directing this movie. And uh, my hat's off to the man. He, uh, he really, I mean, he just did a fantastic, fantastic job. And so, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, that's my number two movie of the year. Now, number one is a little bit of a tough one. It's a, it's a tie, guys. I have a, I've come to the conclusion that I can't decide, and uh, it's a tie between All Eyes on Me, the Tupac biopic that came out, which I absolutely loved. I thought it was a great biopic. Um, in fact, it was actually a lot better than I thought it was. I thought they were going to mess it up. Uh, as biopics go, usually they mess those up, you know. And uh, especially the biggie one got completely butchered. So I, I figured they were going to do that to this one. And they I don't know. This one didn't. This one though didn't fare very well, though, Jackal. I mean, it really yeah, it's did. Pretty people. hated. You're about the yeah, only person I know I mean, that likes it. I don't know about that. I mean, it, it did better at the box office than the biggie movie. It's uh, it's actually uh, it, it performed better. Uh, by domestically and even foreign, I believe. So I mean, it did it, it did what it had to do. 
Um, the critics, uh, you know, some liked it, some didn't like it. The thing is, when you're making a movie about Tupac, it, it, talk about, you know, being diver- divisive. Uh, you know, Tupac is a character that if you don't get every aspect of his life correct, you're going to have people bitch and complain. And he is such a huge figure that, you know, certain things that maybe they didn't get right or whatever because of time or they had to cut a person out of the movie. People complained about anything. People complained about the fact that they had to uh, remove uh, some members of the outlaws because they, they wouldn't clear their names to be used. Uh, and that happened. Uh, they couldn't use, for example, uh, Will Smith's name in the movie, but they could use Jada's name in the movie. Um, they couldn't use... Um, not even by nature's name in the movie, so they they cut the scene out where Trench is the one that goes with Tupac to the uh, Juice um, audition. They had to cut him out of the movie because they couldn't use his name. He wouldn't clear the name or the the company that owned the trademarks to Naughty by Nature wouldn't allow them to use it. So there's certain things they had to do. And as a film, you know, fan and as an amateur filmmaker and as a fan of movies in general, I understand why those corners were cut. But when you watch, when I watched the movie and I saw the movie, the heart was there, the performance was there. Um, the directing was there, the pace was there, the scenery was there, um, the cinematography was on point. It, it felt like the era the, that Tupac lived in. It, it had the, the atmosphere that Tupac, you know, had. It really felt like I was watching a Tupac film. Um, so in that aspect, I think they nailed it out of the park for me. And you, uh, that's Jack, why it's tough. Jack, you didn't, you didn't get, you didn't get thrown off when, uh, when uh, when um, Tupac had the iPhone, that didn't that didn't take you out of the time stream. That, that never that <laughs> never happened in the movie, by the way. That's that's a complete bullshit. Watch the movie again. That is never in the movie. All right, bro. That was that was that was a bad urban uh, joke. That's why they came out with it. That never happened. <laughs> okay. the, the joke the joke was that they took a picture on Instagram with him and. Uh, and uh, Faith Evans, and, uh, and people ran with that. That that would really happen. That never happened He's, in the movie. Well, the thing, but the thing is, you know, Tupac is so prophetic, so that that would have made sense for him to be there. He's a time yeah. traveler. Oh, you know. But I've seen the movie cover to cover at least ten times, and that literally never happens in the movie. That was just some idiot who said it because there is a picture that is snapped by a regular camera of Faith Evans and Tupac, which is actually depicting a real event that happened in real life where Tupac said that he fucked Faith Evans. And there's a picture of them that made it into a magazine cover. Somebody saw that magazine cover and the artwork they showed real quick on the screen, and they're like, oh, that's Instagram. No, you idiot. That's a fucking magazine cover. It's not Instagram. Get your head out your ass. So that's just stupid. But anyway, that's uh, it's tied to uh, number one with The Last Jedi. I mean, I, I, I couldn't pick... Uh, between the two movies, I love them both for different reasons. Uh, Star Wars is always going to be number one on my list, no matter what, unless it's Han Solo, and you know then <laughs> I can't support that movie. But this one I support; I loved it, and uh, again, it's tied with uh, Tupac uh, for the number one movie of the year for me. I, I just I, when it comes down to it, I can't decide. I I just can't decide between them. So that's it. That's my number one tie for the year as uh, my top 10 best movies of 2017. And uh, hopefully 2018 brings us uh, some good movies besides the Han Solo debacle. Uh, hopefully we have, uh, we actually get some good pictures this year. Uh, Johnny, you ready with, with your list? Yeah, I, I only have four um, worst movies of the year. And I want to put out there that I don't hate any of these movies. They're just not the, – they're, they're the movies I like the least that I've seen. Okay. 
At number four, we have Ghost in the Shell. It could have been a lot better. At number three, we got Death Note, which I actually did hate that. At number two, Spooderman Homecoming, the crappy remake I never wanted of a High School the Musical remake of Kick-Ass, an awful movie. And at number one, Alien Covenant. Okay, my ten best is (laughs) at number at number ten, I have Baby Driver. I'm surprised none of the rest of you guys said that. That's a great movie. Number that nine, out of ten, that was like number twelve on my list. I'm yeah, that was number yeah. like number twelve on my list too. The honorable mention. At number nine, I know a lot of people hate this movie, but I really loved it. King Arthur. I don't care. At number eight, War for the Planet <laughs> of the Apes, of course. At number seven, I didn't see it. You know, it's funny because I probably would have put that in my top five. So I heard it's fantastic, but I haven't seen it. Number seven, I can't believe I'm the only one that's got this on my list as well. Get Out, a wonderful, a hilariously terrifying, disturbing film from um, Jordan Peele. Um, and number six, I have Thor 3, of course, man, wonderful film. And number five, I got The Disaster Artist. And number four, I know you had mean things to say about it, Jekyll, but I completely love Valerian, and I think it completely nailed um, European sci-fi comics perfectly and the, the actual comic that it was based on. I thought it was a wonderful adaptation. At number three, I got Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, I agree yeah. with everything Jekyll said about that. It's just such a perfect sequel. Um, and number two, I got The Villainess. Oh, my God, just the opening sequence hey. alone. Put, should put it on anybody <laughs> and everybody's list. And at number one... Blade of the Immortal. I love Logan, but the, the the story of Logan was done so much better in Blade of the Immortal. And that's my top ten best and four worst of 2017. And I, like you, have high hopes for what comes in 2018, but from the trailers I've seen, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> oh, yeah, Death Note 2. <laughs> Are they doing one? Are you kidding me? I, I, well, they, apparently they, they apparently they want to, but they haven't announced whether it's going to be there's gonna be one be, or not. They better fire Adam Wankgard because, oh, my God, he did a horrible job. I, I mean, I know I, I know I trolled people for bashing on it um, when it came out, but it, I, it's not that I liked it, you know what I mean? There were things that I liked better than the anime because I hated when they killed L and they brought in M and N. I hated those characters. I hate the little baby genius characters in anime. So I'm happy there wasn't that in the movie, but that's pretty much the only plus I can give it. Oh, and I like the guy that played L. He actually did. Yeah, a he actually good job. did some good acting until until he he lost his lost his shit and became ridiculous it, he was good though he was good though at least in the beginning so i don't know uh, i still uh, watch it though it's a bad movie but i've i've watched it quite a few times it's still but it's a but it's a bad movie what can I, you... I i i like actually like it better than the japanese live action movies for it I, I i can't stand those i think they're awful have you ever even tried to watch those at all yeah, I've seen them all. I've I've seen all the Japanese Death Note movies, and you know they don't bother me not not nearly as much as this one did. This one bothered me a lot. Like, well, the thing is, like, I'm I'm not really that huge of a Death Note fan. I mean, I I like it. I I love the character Ryuk. Like, I, 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 my favorite parts of the show is when he's sitting there laughing at Light being a retard, being like, I'm not going to help you. Fuck you, dude. I'm going to watch you die. This is funny. This is what I came here for. That I, I, I hated Light pretty much completely. Yes. Uh, it, it was, the show was great for me to watch him backslide and his decline. I, I wish that it could have fin- finished better with a better protagonist than in or whatever that kid's name was. I hated that kid. I would have been. Happier if the fucking butler caught him, you know what I mean? That would have been better for me. <laughs> pow, pow. For real. 
Uh, well, I'm glad at least we saw eye to eye on uh, Thor Ragnarok and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, no, we 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 see eye to eye every now and then. Actually, um, this year, me and you get along and see things together better than you and Zod, which is kind of polar to how the show's always been. There's been like a strange polarity where me and you are like on a vibe against Zod when it usually it used to be you guys against me, which is it's odd dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a weird year. It was a weird year with movies. I'll tell you. It was, it was, it was. Guys, it's almost uh, midnight, it's almost the New Year's here in eastern Florida, and uh, I don't know, you guys are central, so it's still, what, an hour away for you guys, but uh, we're about three minutes away from the New Year's, and uh, you guys have any New Year's, New Year's resolution you want to share with the audience? Um, I just hope it doesn't suck as bad as this year, man. I had, I had a really bad end of the year. You guys know I had a friend that passed, my uncle passed, so, um, I'm not in, I'm not in the happiest place right now. So, um, that's pretty much all. I just hope it's nicer, better, you know, not as fucked up for me. Yeah, I hear you, brother. I hear you. I know about losses, believe me. That's, uh, that sucks. But, uh, you know, um, Hopefully, uh, like you said, I'll piggyback on that and say that hopefully 2018 uh, brings uh, everybody who's listening, all three of you and uh, all three of us, lots of joy, lots of love. And uh, Zod Rider, hopefully uh, you see the errors of your ways and you start embracing The Last Jedi a little bit better. <laughs> okay. And I, hope, and I hope that DCEU can finally start making good movies, aside from I Wonder Woman. I hope that, too. Yes, in, the I hope 2000, that too. in 2018, I hope that Shazam movie they're making actually fucking works out, and I hope Aquaman's good. Please make hope... Aquaman good, because he was one of the good parts of Justice League, so give him I, a good solo, know, solo film. I, I rewatched Justice League, and uh, like I said, I liked it slightly better than the first time I saw it, which was, you know, which wasn't much better, but it was just slightly better. Uh, but and I would say Joss Whedon is responsible for the slightly better. And uh, but I will <laughs> I will say this much. Uh, yeah, but it still made your it still made your worst list. It didn't make either one of my lists because it's I, just in the yeah. mess zone. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't put it I couldn't in good conscience put it on either list because there's things I liked about it, but then there's things that I thought were. Horrible, and I it just so I'm kind of like. Well, the bad guy Fog Hat or or uh, um Jefferson Airplane or whatever he's named after one of them. <laughs> yeah, Steppenwolf. I knew he was named after one of those '60s bands. He, he gave me hope for a good Voltron movie in the future because he looks like Prince Bolton or whatever his name is from that. That that was uh, one of the like, worst villains in the in the history of the DCEU. I mean, I I don't know what they were thinking. And, and Steppenwolf is a cool villain in the comics, but I mean, they he was supposed to set up Dark Side, and that's where they. I know. Failed. Set him up. No, they just they fucked <laughs> it up. They, they should get Oscar Benjamin to play the dark side. He's got the the right shaped head for it. I think Oski could be a badass dark side. He could be. Yeah, he could he could be. do it. I agree. Uh, guys, it's been that here. So uh, happy New Year's, everybody. Happy How? New Year. Old Anxiety and all that shit. Yeah. Everybody. If you got a cup of water, throw it out in with the old, out with the new, or some shit like that, as they say. Uh, if you guys, uh, you know, if you enjoyed this show, God bless you. We'll be back next year or this year. Because it's 2018, everybody. I can't believe it's 2018. It's, it, it, time flies. It, it, it just goes by way too quickly. Future. Yeah. We're in the future. 2049, and, and we're going to have, like, um, what's his name? Oh, I forget his name. How can I forget that guy's name? Yeah, that guy. Guys, we'll hopefully catch you next week.
that guy. Or or maybe in, in a couple months. I don't know, depending on, on the show and how it goes. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> a couple months. Uh, yeah, this, well. this, has been, this has been fun, guys. And uh, we got another show in before the year's end. So that's always good. Happy New Year's to all. Zod Ryder, Charlie Alpha, thanks for being here. Shout out to uh, Jason Justice, of course, our missing member, and uh, he's having a good old time with that party. Uh, shout out to Brandon Hudson, uh, the guy who's never uh, showing up for the shows. We know he swears he's going to be here one day, but he's never here. Uh, shout out to uh, Oscar Benjamin the Wolf, our good buddy. Shout out Christ to uh, Storm. Woo-woo. She was, she was going to be here, yeah. but she had a, something going on. Shout out to yeah, Crystal yeah. Storm. Much love to her. Okay. Yes. Addicts 2.0. Shout out to you. Shout out to Daryl, the uh, California guy, who uh, said he might call in, but he didn't. I guess his people didn't get him uh, a Skype call in time, or they didn't fix Skype up for him in time. I don't know what happened there, but uh, California guy, we love you, man. Hopefully uh, this year, your people will get your Skype working, and uh, you'll be able to join us a little bit more often. We're getting new people. I think that's what it is. We need to like, get an overhaul of California guys, people, and get them some new people to work with them. We should get K1 back on the show. That was hella fun last time he was on. When K1 is always welcome to go on the show. Always welcome. Tim Carpenter is not. That was hilarious last show, though, man. I'm glad you hung <laughs> up on him. I was I was really going to lose my shit if you guys let him talk. I swear to God, I was going to open up on him. I go, oh, I got nothing nice to say to that little retard. I swear to God. Well, the moment I heard, the moment I heard, it's Triple Eight. That was the moment I said, <laughs> hey, it's it's me clicking. This is me clicking. <laughs> The best part was when you said, yes, this is happening. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is happening. Good night, everybody. We'll see you hopefully next week. Take care. <laughs>